0: Looks like some kind of insect. A bee? Bees, Scotty. Killer bees.
1: Are you endowing these bees with human motives?
0: Do you have any idea what those bees can do? The honeybee is vital to
1: the environment. Oh, no, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah!
0: Welcome to Killer Bees. This is
1: not a Wu-Tang podcast.
0: No, this is a podcast where we profile B-movie and genre film icons. My name
1: is Garrett Smith.
0: And my name is Tori Potenza.
1: We can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bs Podcast. That's Killer Bs Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at gmail.com. And we are part of the Movie John Podcast Network on moviejohn.com. That's the Philadelphia John, J-A-W-N. Our artwork is by Alex Schneider. Our music is by Christine Rayburn and her partner, Pat. And uh, today, we are continuing on our journey through Linnea Quigley's career.
0: Yes, that is true, which Which we decided to turn into a two-parter midway Halfway through through the
1: episode. We got so, I mean, this is kind of a cool, unexpected thing where we just enjoyed talking about her so much and enjoyed some of these, like, really dumb movies she made so much that we ate up half an episode before we even got to the latter half of her career.
0: I know. We, I mean, we mostly just talked about 80s movies, which was really great and fun. It
1: was. Yeah, so I'm excited to like do some more. Yes, uh, but I believe we promised at the end of that episode that we would mention our uh, our watch of the China Syndrome.
0: Oh yes, that's true. Uh,
1: because that was a movie that I decided to watch because I've been watching lots of paranoid '70s thrillers mm-hmm. and having a good time. Uh, you were getting ready for work that morning, I think, and you weren't really paying attention until you were paying attention. And then suddenly you were, like, wrapped up in the movie with me. I know.
0: We had this conversation recently where Garrett had to remind me that I just like movies. And I enjoy watching most movies and not just horror movies. Yes. Because you're always, like, you'll suggest things. And I'm just like, eh, I don't know. And then, like, yeah, like... You were even, like, five or ten minutes in, and I was like, oh, this is, like, really good and interesting. And I immediately, like, honed in. It was, like, the
1: half hour mark that I realized you were just sitting next to me on the couch, like, totally invested in the movie with Mm -hmm. me.
0: Yeah. Um, Which was fun, too, because it's a movie that uh, both my parents had seen. uh, So, like, talking about that movie and, like, some of the actors, like, with my mom was, like, really cool. uh, And, like, fun to just, like... I feel like that doesn't happen too, too often, especially with, like, you know, a lot of our focus on movies. Totally. Uh, so it was really fun to talk about.
1: Yeah, so if people don't know this movie, it uh, stars Gene Fonda and Michael Douglas. Uh, and Jack Lemmon. Jack Lennon. Um, and uh, Oh, and uh, Wilford Brimley, isn't it as well, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, There's. it's got a really good cast. Um, Jack Lemmon, in particular, is really God, incredible so in good. this movie, I think. Yeah. Uh, so much happens on his face in this movie yeah you know um he's just incredible in this but jane fonda is wonderful in oh, this. she's incredible michael i just love her douglas is like a hot young dude in this movie i which couldn't is believe it not a thing that i ever really thought about uh michael yeah. douglas he
0: had like good like kurt russell in the 80s hair and yeah. i think that's what really did it for me yeah, and the beard
1: had a had that feathered cut that was popular yeah and... i was
0: like damn yeah. mm-hmm. good
1: beard yeah uh and it's um it's about like a reporter that happens to be at a nuclear power plant the day that they have some sort of quote unquote incident and then spends the movie investigating like how dangerous that incident actually was and whether there's anything yeah. amiss at the plant. Yes. Um, And you know so the movie is about like corporate interest in these things and how that outweighs public safety and lots of things that we continue to deal with in <sighs> 2021. Uh, and uh, it's just a fucking really really good like nail-biter thriller too like the last half hour we were both like this is incredible yeah like we were both just uh, on our couch but like on the edge of our couch like what the fuck is gonna happen this is yeah
0: yeah uh yeah we also had to leave like not even halfway we had like 20 minutes left left i i have i just got employed at a place where i had to do a tb test so you had to like drop me off at cbs and i was like i need to know that i have time to like finish china syndrome before i go to work and but we did it
1: we turned the morning into a schedule around how do we finish china syndrome before you leave for work
0: yes uh yeah and there were like a couple moments that actually left me like my jaw was on the floor like i was so shocked by them which was a really cool feeling Me too. Uh, And it doesn't happen, I feel like, that often when I watch things. Uh,
1: So I I highly recommend The China Syndrome to people. We actually went out of our way to get a Blu-ray of this movie that just arrived today. Thanks, Mom. mom. Um, But uh, it is available online. Uh, I'm looking it up now so I can tell people they can find it on the Showtime Anytime app if you happen Mm. to uh, subscribe to Showtime. That was where we watched it. Um, Highly, highly recommend it. It fucking rules. Yeah. Um, is there anything else we watched that you wanted to mention?
0: Well, uh, the other day, and I won't say anything specific about it, because oh, sure. Garrett has not seen it I yet. Uh, but me and one of my best friends, Sam, uh, went and saw Spider-Man: No Way Home, which I am not the type to flock to uh, Marvel movies typically, or like Sony Marvel movies, uh, as this one is. <laughs> um, but she's super like into Marvel. Uh, she was my co-host of Butter with that, so she talks a lot about Marvel movies on there, um, and i really really liked this movie a lot um and i wish i could say more because there's specifically like some people that really stood out in this movie as actors and i like can't talk about it but it's they're so good and it's all i want to talk about so uh i think you should should go see this it's a lot of fun um yeah Really good time.
1: I uh, just got a message from my friend Casey right before we sat down. He was like, "Dude, this movie is so epic. Yeah, you got to see it.
0: Yeah, it was really good."
1: Um, I we watched a few other things. I don't know if there's anything we need to like totally get into. I know we both liked the beta test. I didn't we know did you like the beta test. Talk about that. We're both big Jim Cummings fans, yes. which I think we've talked about. So
0: it was fun to see his new flick, which uh, you know, is still kind of bobbing around in my head. There's some some ideas there that I feel like I would love to discuss with more people. Yeah, Um, definitely
1: some like lingering things for me where I'm like, I don't even know if I totally... I have some lingering questions about that movie that I would like to talk to people about. But
0: we should also let people know that we are in the holiday spirit because Christmas is right around the corner. And because of that, we watched the 1997 classic Jack Frost today before recording.
1: Classic indeed. I had never seen this before.
0: (laughs) No, I had tried to put it on one Christmas uh, at my mom's house. And she's like, this isn't Christmassy. Turn it off. (laughs) And I was just like... What are you talking about? It takes place right around Christmas. I think people need to respect uh, holiday horror more than they do. It's
1: got that great Christmas tree kill.
0: Oh, it does. Really good. It's really good. I liked this movie a lot. I really liked this movie.
1: (laughs) I thought this movie was a ton of fun. Yes. It is, uh, you know, I guess... It's like knowing B-movie camp cheese, yeah. and I think maybe that rubs some people the wrong way when, when people kind of, quote-unquote, like, do it on purpose. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was a blast. I thought it was super dumb and super mm-hmm. fun. Uh, they were just, I don't know, they were swinging for things. They were, like, some funny bits and jokes and stuff. Yeah. I, I liked it.
0: Yeah, big fan. And it it's was... on Amazon Prime.
1: Yeah. Uh, and Shutter. I think. It's actually floating around a few places, oh, cool. I think. I, I thought this was really fun and funny. I, I had a great time with yeah, it. Yeah,
0: me too. It
1: maybe loses a little steam as it goes on, but it actually had a pretty good like finale, I thought.
0: Yeah. Um, and then quickly, before we get into the episode, I know I mentioned last time that I would at least look a little bit into Linnea, uh, Linnea and uh, David D. Cateau's relationship. Oh, yes. Um, and so it's just like a quick line here, but I found this from uh, the website, uh, birth movie's death. And it just said, one of Quigley's greatest collaborators was David Dicoteau, Uh a former gay porn director turned low-budget horror maven, uh, best known for helming titles under the Charles, Charles Band's uh, Full Moon Manor. Uh, Full Moon Banner. That's what I am trying to say. <laughs> uh, the duo made several films together, and Dicoteau would often let Quigley pick the characters she wanted to play in his pictures, which I know we talked about with Slime Bowl, but... Yep. Uh, I think that's cool that that was something that continued on in their relationship.
1: This also explains some of the just general pornographic tendencies of his movies. Yes. And also, the f- and we'll get into this, but, like, he will sexualize male bodies in the same way he will female bodies. Yeah. And I think that's a very interesting thing about his movies.
0: Which, we watched a movie yesterday where I had asked, specifically, I was like, was Dekato gay or is he? Because I, like, don't really know anything. And you're like, I'm not really sure. But it makes a lot of sense, uh once we talk about some other movies, that yeah. that is the case. Yeah, that that
1: he at least comes from the gay porn uh, yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about some of these movies that we watched because we watched a couple more Dekato movies, actually. Yeah. We've now kind of gotten into this guy's work just through Linnea, which is kind of fun and funny.
0: Yes. Agreed.
1: Um, yeah. So should we uh, get started with Linnea's 1990s?
0: Yeah. Let us uh, get into the 90s. First up is Linnea Quigley's horror workout video, uh-huh. uh, which I was made over the course of two days. You yep. found on YouTube. Yep. Um, this is one I've wanted to see for a while just because I thought the concept was very funny oh, and yeah. I knew it was a thing that was out there. Yep. And it's only an hour long.
1: Yep. Um, but it feels like four hours.
0: It wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, but, it, yeah, it's so funny because it's just Linnea being like, Hi, like I'm Linnea Quigley. I need to stay in shape for all of these horror movies I'm in. So here's my workout
1: routine. The movies I'm in require me to, like, you know, do all this strenuous physical activity. So here's how I stay in shape.
0: Yeah. And it's essentially just her being sexy. Like she says something at one point, she's like, I could be wearing, like, she's like, maybe you don't think wearing, like, a leather bra and pantyhose is comfortable workout attire, but who would want to watch me work out in anything else? And you're just like, oh, this is fun. She's doing, like, you mentioned this, like, an Elvira kind of thing where she's, like, using her sexuality in these really fun, funny ways, and it just, like, works really well for this.
1: Lots of puns about her and how she looks, Mm -hmm. but the kind of thing where it's, like, she's in control of... all Mm -hmm. of that right it feels like she's controlling her image throughout it which is what and she's really i thought like funny in this she is really funny Um, the only reason this is boring is because there are actual segments where you are just watching people work out for like way too long yep um but whenever it's like her just like sort of doing the elvira host thing yeah uh and and then you know eventually you do get into like there's a slasher element introduced Mm -hmm. there's like you know there are parts of this that are really fun and funny. I think Mm -hmm. Um, there are just also parts where she's like taking zombies through like an instructional dance workout that lasts for like 15 minutes.
0: It lasts for a really long time. Yeah. Then we get to vice Academy part two. Uh, which Linnea starred in the first one in the 80s. The series continues on uh, with part two, which sounds even crazier than the first one, which I think the first one was just about like kids that were like, arresting people for, like, minor offenses. Uh, This one says two rookie cops pose as strippers to get the drop on a villainess's plot to spike L.A.'s water with aphrodisiacs. What?
1: Okay, so it's, like, Chinatown, but uh, set in the world of, like... I don't know, strippers.
0: There's also like like look at it. I pulled it up for you to look at. There's this crazy still Whoa. of this woman that looks like a lady wrestler wearing like the craziest costume ever. She
1: looks like a like a road warrior character.
0: Yes. And it I immediately was like, Oh, this is like one of those like uh film series where they just decide they're gonna go like balls to the wall for the second one, yeah. you know? Which is very funny to me um in 1991 she's in virgin high uh when christy murphy comes home past midnight with her boyfriend jerry her parents sent her to the academy of blessed virgin a catholic school run by kind but very strict nuns wait i
1: can't <laughs> tell if that's like you know just another one of these dumb cheap comedies she's mm-hmm. in or like a serious movie
0: yes you i agree I, mean? I was thinking about that too Uh, And then she has a role in The Giver, uh, (laughs) directed by Screaming Mad George, Yes. Uh and she plays the quote Scream Queen uh which we'll talk a little bit about. Uh but uh this movie stars Mark Hamill and also has uh David Gale who we really love yes. from Reanimator and also he's in the first segment of the Creep Show movie. Yes.
1: Uh, and this yeah. movie also reunites him with Jeffrey Combs. Yes, Jeffrey is Combs is in it. playing Dr. East in yes. this movie as opposed to Dr. West,
0: yes. who does seem to be a very different kind of scientist than herbert <laughs> than west, herbert west yes. yeah uh but still adorable uh-huh. i love combs
1: he's wonderful in this as always which uh
0: this was like i was like oh this sounds like kind of weird and i haven't seen like a ton of hamill like roles where he is like not in a star wars movie i was gonna say
1: <laughs> you know hamill outside of star wars is kind of few and far between anyway yes. And yeah
0: Um, And then I think like I was on Instagram or something and someone posted about this movie and showed some of the stills from it. And I was like, oh, this would probably just be a really fun watch for us. And it it was like... It You know, for what what I assume is a cheap sci-fi movie, the creature monster stuff looks excellent. There's
1: some really cool rubber monster suits yeah. in this. And it's like, I, I mean, it's basically a tokusatsu. It's even, yeah. I think, based on a manga.
0: And uh, Yizno works on this movie, too. Yeah, which um, it's
1: got Yizno vibes, like, real yeah. big.
0: Uh, yeah, it's like, like
1: some gross out stuff. and
0: Yeah, it's like Yuzna doing sci-fi rather than Yuzna doing, uh, you know, his typical horror stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how some of it's still kind of gross out, yep. but a lot of it is just utilized in a different way. Yes. Uh, But there is that crazy scene at the end with Mark Hamill transforming yes. that was like so wild.
1: Unbelievable. Like the yeah. kind of thing where you're like, I like... Now that I know much more about Mark Hamill, you know, he's like an older man now who has done like a lot of other work outside of movies, you know, and is definitely a weirdo Mm -hmm. to some extent, you know, I'm like, okay, this kind of makes sense. Yeah. But like watching him in, this is like 1990, Mm -hmm. where he's like still kind of on the heels of Star Wars. And I think like probably trying to figure out like what the next phase of his career is going to be like and stuff. When you see him transforming into this rubber suit monster thing, it's like, Dude, what are you doing? This is wild. This is so bananas. How do you feel about this? Like, what did this make you feel about your career when you had to, like, go on set this day and get in this makeup, you know?
0: He's also not the leading man of the movie, even though he has a main role. He's actually, like, a cop. Uh, But the leading man does look like a younger version of Mark Hamill. So it's this weird thing where it feels like was Mark Hamill supposed to be the lead right. and then something happened because also there's a DVD cover that has the Guyver on it and it's half the, uh, the like helmet of the Guyver character and then half Mark Hamill's face. But so Mark it makes Hamill it seem never yeah, the
1: Guyver over the course of never the, movie. the guyver. Yeah. And
0: so I was very confused and it, it, yeah, it's just his name at the top yep. and no other actors. So it's like, it feels like there was something very strange going on with this movie. My
1: guess is it's as simple as we got Mark Hamill. That's what the fuck we're selling this movie on. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. uh, but it is fucking weird. Cause he yes. really is like, he is a side player. Mm-hmm. Like he's not even a co-star. He really is like, he's like a side player. Yeah. You know?
0: Um, yeah. It's very odd. Uh, but Linnea has just a scene in it, but I really loved it. Yes. Um, So, there's a scene where all of these monsters are, like, running after the Giver. Yeah. And they stumble onto a film set.
1: They, like, jump over a fence. And the fence they jump over. What's on the other side of it is a movie being made.
0: Yeah. And it's a horror movie. And she just turns around and screams in the monster's face. And then they yell, cut. And she just starts yelling at him for missing his cue. And it's just hilarious. Also I'm pretty sure she's wearing the exact same bra that she wears in her horror workout video. Oh shit, yeah. Uh, which I was like, did you just like do this uh-huh. in the same day? What's going on? It's such a bit role, but yeah. she like really rocks. It
1: kind of ended up being a good pick for her cuz it's like she yeah. did a lot of this throughout her career, these yeah. kind of like one scene cameo roles mm-hmm. where she's like she doesn't even get like a character name. Yeah. Uh, so it was nice that we watched one of these where it's like, that is what she's doing, but she's still actually weirdly memorable in it. You know? Yeah.
0: She like gets to do something that's pretty fun and weird.
1: And she's basically living up to her, you know, uh, she is a quote unquote scream queen. I believe in her workout video, they keep referring to her as the queen of scream. Yes. Uh, And so, you know, it's kind of cool that she gets like even labeled that way within the movie.
0: Yeah. She's like immortalized already at this point, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, In 1992, she's in Innocent Blood. Uh, Marie is a vampire with a thirst for bad guys. When she fails to properly dispose of one of her victims, a violent mob boss, she bites off more than she can chew and faces new immortal danger.
1: Okay. Vampires
0: versus the mob.
1: Yep. Weird. Weird.
0: Uh, she's then in a movie called Heartland of Darkness. Yuck, yuck. Uh, and then in 1993, she is in Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings. I've never
1: seen any of the Pumpkinhead movies. I, I like would, the
0: first one. I I've only like seen it see once.
1: That. Yeah, because that's got that uh, Stan Winston creature that everybody says is like, regardless of what you think about the movie... Absolutely yeah. incredible special effects.
0: Yeah, it looks great. And it's um, Lance Henriksen oh, cool. is like one of the leads in it. Yeah. And he's really good. I I remember it being really fun. I would love to watch more of these because yeah. I feel like this is a franchise that has a fair amount of movies. And I don't really know much about where it goes. I have so. no idea
1: how many of these there yeah. are.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then in 1995 she is in a movie that we talked about called Burial of the Rats uh, which stars Adrian Barbeau oh so this was a TV movie and I've tried to get you to find it twice and we just can't find it anywhere yeah. but I, it looks really weird and funny but it because it's got all these like you know ladies in like leather uh, but I think it's supposed to be a Poe adaptation Uh-oh. which is also really that. strange um, so if anyone has a lead on burial of the rats i would really love to see this movie especially since Barbot and quickly are in it and i love that
1: wonderful combination for us yeah
0: uh and then she is in the movie jack O*.
1: (laughs) that is so funny that they couldn't just call it jack-o-lantern
0: uh grave robbers unwitting unwittingly awaken two evil spirits one a warlock hanged for murder nearly 100 years earlier
1: Weird that we had to know they awakened two evil spirits, but we only need to know about one of them.
0: Yes, very strange. What is that? Uh, In 1996, she is in a movie called Fatal Frames. Uh, In Italy, an American director becomes the prime suspect in a string of grisly murders, which bear a striking resemblance to the way his own wife met her demise. Honestly, that
1: sounds kind of like a Giallo movie. Sounds kind
0: of fun. Yeah,
1: that sounds kind of good. In
0: 1998, she is in Phantoms with Peter O'Toole and Rose McGowan.
1: Okay. It's based
0: on a Dean Koontz book. I don't know anything about it, but is I thought ben that Affleck was interesting. Is Ben Affleck in this movie? I don't know. Hold on. Phantoms. Um.
1: Yeah, Ben Affleck stars oh, in Oh, really? Movie. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. And we have Schreiber.
0: Oh, okay. So a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Uh, the only reason I know he stars in Phantoms is because in one of the Jay and Bob movies, Ben Affleck is playing a different character and then says out loud... Yeah, but Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Um she is then in Death Mask. A disfigured carnival worker wears a mask that kills those who look at it. Okay. I mean, I would watch. It sounds weird. Yeah. Uh she is then in a movie called Curse of the Lesbian Love Goddess with Ron Jeremy. Uh-huh. I could not find very much information about this movie, and I'm like, was it porn?
1: <laughs> right. Uh, maybe. It's a good title.
0: I mean, so much of her stuff like teeters on the possibility yes. of it being that, especially working with Descartes, who yeah. was a porn director, which is very funny. Yeah. Um, And then she has a bit role, uh, which was unfortunate, but we did watch it called uh, Colobus. Yeah. Colobus. 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 I, I think don't that's know. how they say it in the yeah. movie. Yeah.
1: Uh, which you and I were both like, we're watching this because we've both seen this cover a hundred times. We don't really know why. I think we later figured out it must be an Arrow release that we've seen on their store a few times
0: yeah i i think that's where it must come from because i have seen it so many times
1: yeah and so we decided to watch it because we were like well uh, for some reason this is like ringing a bell to both of us let's give it a shot
0: yeah and um... while it
1: was maybe not the best watch for linnea it was was a really interesting movie
0: (laughs) Uh, yes, it is an error release. That okay. does make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I like most of this movie. I have a lot of issues with where the movie goes. Yeah,
1: I think, like, the ultimate what of it all is yeah. problematic in plenty of ways.
0: Uh, but, yeah, like, the whole premise is essentially that these strangers uh, decide to take someone up on their uh, offer to go to a house for a weekend and just be filmed. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, hammers all over the house. They can, like you know talk about each other do whatever the real world yeah it's yeah and that's like one of the things that i was like oh man this is hilarious that this is kind of like a real world movie and it's
1: like 1998 or 9 you know Mm -hmm. and i think real world starts in 90 maybe or so so it's like this is like i think before we start this is pretty early in the like we need to critique this medium you know of like reality TV. It's yeah. almost, like, ahead of its time in trying to critique the like the reality TV phenomenon. Yeah, and
0: it starts, and it, like, plays everyone's little, like, video that they send in that's, like, the, hi, I'm so-and-so, yeah. and here's why I'd be great on your TV yep. show, and yep. I thought that whole part was very entertaining. Yep. It's got some pretty big giallo vibes at the beginning as well, which seems interesting. Like, you had, I think you had pointed out, you are like, this feels like a movie that people would be making, like, now. Yeah,
1: because it's, like, it's these two high concepts, <laughs> right yes. like it's very much i think trying to sort of tip its hat to giallo mm-hmm. the opening music definitely sounds like the suspiria theme yeah there's all of these like bright neon colors throughout when it doesn't even make sense for them to be yeah. there the same way they would be in, like an argento movie mm-hmm. um there's black gloves on the killer who's like kind of a, a, a faceless mask yes. you know it's like all of this giallo stuff and and so that is basically a high concept at this point right like mm-hmm. we're doing that now this year giallo has had a big kind of like everybody's doing their like my ode to giallo. I feel like know? the past
0: couple of years, I've seen at least one new movie that is like very much a giallo riff, which yeah, is interesting. But they're
1: like, they're like pastiches or whatever, yeah. right? Like they don't really feel like they are a giallo themselves. That yes. was our thing with the last matinee that we like so much. Is like, mm-hmm. this actually feels like a giallo. Yeah. These are all like these kind of nods, these pastiches. This feels like that kind of pastiche. But mm-hmm. then on top of that, it's this other high concept of like critiquing like the real world and yeah. and reality TV. But, uh, to me, I guess maybe we might have been doing that in the 90s, but I don't really think we were. We were, yeah. like, taking multiple levels of high concept and kind of, like, blending them together.
0: Well, because that- what was it, the 2000s, that we finally got a real-world movie? And right. the whole thing was, like, is it real? Is it not? Right, right. And it was very much not real right, right. at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But that I remember that was, like, a big deal, and that was, like, 2000s. Yeah. So, so you, it is interesting when it's, like, so in this moment. I mean, like, I mean... Argento is like still making movies yes. in the 90s and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, Phenomena is like yep. a 90s yep. movie, so it's just it's interesting the timing of this.
1: It is. It really it feels ahead of its time in a few different ways to yeah. me. And then it, it, you know, it also has some. I don't even want to like reveal them really because I think people should just if they're interested watch it. But like there are some crazy twists and turns in this movie. Yeah. Like when it turns out what is actually going on in this house, I was like I actually wish they had done like a little bit more with that. Like the actually my biggest problem with this movie is that. It has some big ideas, these twists and turns that are big and interesting, that it doesn't do a whole lot with. Yeah. It doesn't always live up to, like, its big ideas that it throws out there. Yeah. You know?
0: I mean... We use the term "murder house," which yes. we love because that was also the name of our apartment yeah, first together. First house we
1: had together, we called the murder house, uh,
0: and we loved murder house very much. And yeah. so we also were both like exclaiming, "Like ah, murder house!" Yeah, when this was going on, was
1: a literalized murder house in this movie. And
0: I just, I really wish it had continued with some of that. A little stuff. more of that, yeah. The ending, I don't think makes a ton of sense and really no. falls apart. I also have issues with it, just as like a person with like mental health like issues and such, where I'm like, oh, this is like. Maybe kind of going the route of, like, demonizing people who even just have anxiety, which... Turns
1: out the crazy person was crazy. It's, like, one of those things.
0: Yeah. Uh, Which is unfortunate. But also, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, the 90s isn't necessarily going to be progressive in that way. But I just wanted something different for this movie, which was too bad. But, yeah.
1: But there was was enough interesting stuff here that I absolutely do recommend it to people. Linnea is a very small role. She has, like, one scene in the beginning of the movie... She's kind of like um, like a house mother in, like, um, yeah, like I think a she's, rehab home?
0: Yeah, one of the characters is coming from a rehab home. And she is, like, they're just, like, friends maybe even okay, in yeah. the home together. I but got the impression
1: maybe a therapist or caretaker yeah. for the home or something. I
0: think she referred to her as a friend. But who knows right, if that was just, right. like, her trying to, like, you know, not necessarily Distance say who this person from, was.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And she was good, but, you know, it was just, like, yeah. one brief scene.
0: Yeah, because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, there's, like, six people in this movie, and she's, like, one of the six, so we assume she has a bigger role than she did, and yeah. that was not the case. Yeah. but
1: uh, I will say it was interesting in as much as, like, it's one of the only times we watched a movie where she's just playing a straight character. Like, there's nothing yeah. crazy or ridiculous or over-the-top about it. She's just playing, like, a straight dramatic character. Yeah, it
0: was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very strange. Um, But also, like, very clear that by the 90s, like, people, directors are already like, oh, like, I want to put this person in my movie because I liked their movies from, like, the 80s and stuff. So I I just like that idea, too. Um, So we get to her roles in the 2000s, which in 2000 uh, she was in Sex Files, Pleasureville. Wow. Wow. Aliens masquerading as owners of a small town video store distribute tapes that cause anyone who watches them to pleasure themselves and whoever else is nearby. What? Yes. Sounds wild.
1: I mean, that does basically sound like a porno.
0: It does, and it's hilarious. Uh, in 2001, she's in Horror Vision. The website HorrorVision.com has a mysterious secret. Anyone who logs on to it winds up dead.
1: Uh, you know, I did uh, have a thought to maybe watch that one. That seems yeah. like it could be a good B movie. It could be,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, she's then in The Monster Man with Tom Savini. Okay. Uh, always a big fan. She oh, yeah. then goes on to be in the movie Cannibal with With a, a K. K. <laughs> Uh, A rival mobster and the police enter the weird world of beautiful female mob boss in order to do battle with her and bring her organization down.
1: Wait, is this another, like, mob boss? A horror movie? Yeah, Yeah. weird. Okay, weird. Strange.
0: And then in 2002, she is in the movie Scream Queen, in which she plays Militia Tombs, a well-known horror actress who dies in a car accident after leaving the set of her latest movie. Uh, but someone believes she was murdered and they set out to get revenge for her death.
1: That sounds interesting.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Uh, I'm assuming, like, it sounds like... Um you know what's the word for that like meta like new nightmare like that type of thing yeah yeah for her career like it would be interesting if it felt like one of those like victory lap movies for like lenae's career or whatever you i know? was thinking
0: about that and i mean we talked like she's kind of getting cast in these roles in different films and stuff so yeah. i do like that idea for her um in 2004, she is in the movie Corpses Are Forever. Uh-huh. Uh, the gates of hell are blown open, and it is up to an amnesiac spy and a ragtag bunch of soldiers to find out how to close it. Yeah,
1: sure. Yep. That's, that's what a movie is about.
0: That that makes sense.
1: That's that's how you write a movie. Uh,
0: in 2005, she's in a movie called Aconite with Gunnar Hansen. All right. And then in 2009, she is in the Night of the Demons remake playing ballerina
1: which i know you probably want to see i assume yeah i mean you and i are kind of into like watching some of the remakes of these things that we like just to see yeah. if, like what people do with them
0: um and i would like to i haven't even seen like the sequels of right. night of the demons i think i saw like part of the second one uh so i mean i love that first movie so mm. i would definitely be into seeing some of these and i think it's also just a crazy movie to be remade uh
1: it doesn't make sense to me to remake that movie. Really. No. Uh,
0: but also, like the fact that someone, I don't know, liked it so much that they wanted to remake it even, yeah, like yeah. possibly. Because um, it's not necessarily like just a, a well known horror film right. to just go and redo. Right. Uh, but, you know, big fan.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, she's in a movie called La Femme Vampire that doesn't really have any information. Uh, starring Joe Estevez, uh, who she worked with several times throughout her career, which is, I think is really interesting. See who
1: we looked up when we figured out is another of like the Esteves. Yes. Okay. yeah. and we're yeah. like,
0: what's happening here? Yeah. He like kind of looks like them too. Uh-huh. It's yeah, it's very strange. Um, then there was a movie that I put on here just cause it had a really cool poster okay. called, it came from Trafalgar,
1: okay. uh,
0: and it has, uh, Gunnar Hansen and Edwin Neal. Okay. Um, and then... She's in the sequel, uh, La Femme Vampire Volume 2, uh, which was an animated vampire movie.
1: Okay. Uh, But the first one was not necessarily, or we just don't know?
0: I don't know. There was, like, no information about it. Okay. But the second one's animated. All right. Uh, and then we get to her roles in the 2010s, uh, where we have things like in 2011, a movie called Stripperland with <laughs> uh-huh. Daniel Baldwin.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: A strange virus causes the majority of the female population to turn into lethal carnivorous zombie strippers.
1: Wow. Carnivorous zombie strippers. That's yep. interesting. Uh, and it's just called Stripperland instead of Stripperland, Zombieland, Land. I guess. Is that the, yep. the zombie movie? Is that what they're doing, Maybe.
0: Maybe. When did uh, Zombieland come out? Good
1: question. It's 2000. Yeah, I don't know. Good question.
0: I'm going to look it up really quick. Uh, Zombieland came out in 2009. There
1: you go. That's got to be what it is. Got to be. Got to be what they're doing.
0: And that makes sense for the time. I feel like that happens a lot. Uh, And then in 2012, she is in the movie... 1313 Cougar Cults mm-hmm. with Michelle Bauer and Brinky Stevens, mm-hmm. uh, which was directed by David Descateau. And uh, I think Garrett mentioned the 1313 movies in the first half. Yes. Uh, and when I mentioned that she was in one of them, you were like, we should watch this. You should definitely watch it because I've yeah. heard so
1: much about the 1313 series. I don't even know what the 1313 is in reference to. I kind of no assumed idea. the house
0: number. Uh, but we also realized, I was like, what are some of the other 1313 ones and one of the first ones I saw was a 1313 like killer bees and yes. we were like oh fuck we're yeah. gonna so we may to watch, watch the
1: 1313 13 killer bee movie because um, yeah uh, The by the way if you don't remember Michelle Bauer and Brinkie Stevens were also her co-stars in Nightmare Sisters Yes. Um, they all have shared the screen together like multiple, multiple times. Which is
0: great. Yeah. Uh, you know, and clearly it, it just seems like they have to all like working together, including Dicato, because mm-hmm. they've done so much of this. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like you're really good at talking about what the 1313 <sighs> series is. If we're...
1: Yeah, I don't know much about this series. This was my first actual watch yeah. of any of them. I just I have a lot of letterbox friends that have watched some of these movies. Mm-hmm. I am familiar with they are essentially all shot in what I believe is David Dicato's house. Um, They often just feature young, hunky boys walking around the halls of his home in their underwear. That's pretty much how they've been described to me over and over again throughout the years. So I was interested in Cougar Cult specifically because it stars Linnea and the other girls. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, actually, what I understand about these movies is they're more like homoerotic than, you know, uh, than any kind of like heterosexual, like, Mm -hmm. you know, pornography or sex there's not really porno but vaguely yeah. like soft core kind of stuff you know? yeah because you
0: don't see any like there's, boobs there's no, or like, butts yeah or dick actually or... yeah there's
1: no nudity in this which is no. even kind of weird for a Decato movie but
0: it's a lot of like you're right like when you were like oh it's a lot of like hunky boys walking around a house in their underwear i was like is it and it, but like there's so, so many shots
1: so much of that And I like was blown a lot away. of uh boys like writhing in bed and rubbing their chests.
0: There was like it had to have been ten minutes of just cutting between the three boys all sharing a dream and all rubbing themselves. Yeah. Uh
1: multiple showers where you just watch them. And again, these are the sequences where I'm like, he's sexualizing these boys the same way he sexualized Linnea when she was young, you know, twenty years ago when she was younger. Yeah. Same shots up and down somebody's chest Mm in the eighties it was these young women and now in the two thousands it's these young men. But it's the exact same shot yeah. up and down their body. He's just like, he's just sexualizing them in the same way he sexualized women, which I thought was just very interesting. Well, it's
0: like, did he just have more of the freedom to do that? Right. And that's why he's dedicated so much time to these 13, 13 movies now, or it's like, Oh, in the two thousands, like I'm kind of allowed to make these movies right. and I can continue just doing them and they're cheap. And I do it at my house over yeah. like a weekend. It definitely seems like these are yeah. made
1: in a weekend. I mean, so uh, Cougar Cult is about these, uh, you know, these three middle-aged women. I think they refer to themselves as spinsters at one point. Yeah. Um, that uh, are have put an ad in the newspaper for three young men to yep. come be their masseuse, their cook, and...
0: Pool boy. Pool boy. And their the names summer. are Rufus, Darwin, and Cooper Smith. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't
1: decide whether the one kid should be called Cooper or Smith, so they called him Cooper Smith.
0: Which is just so funny. Yeah. Every time they say it, they're like, "Where, where is Cooper Smith?" Yeah. They say it it's like, so just frequently. Just pick one of those names. He <laughs>
1: doesn't need to be both of those names. Oh. Uh, and uh, yeah, and so they have these boys over for the summer, invite them to live at their home, and then you know, obviously, they're actually in like a, a witchy cult where they turn into literal cougars and yes. basically and try to like. Uh, what is it, like, steal their essence for eternal life or something like yeah. that?
0: Yeah. And, like, mate with them or, yeah. Something,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, when it's late on plot. Yeah. When I say they turn into literal cougars, I mean that David DiCato went into MS Paint and cut out one picture of a cougar and pasted <laughs> it onto their faces. I'm not kidding. That is literally what it looks like happened. I
0: could not, like, I was speechless when that happened the first yeah. time. I was like, oh, this is what we're dealing with. There's yeah. not even, like blood or like any real kind of effects like it's it, but that is one of the things that the movie has
1: it's what uh when they're doing like their spells on the boys yeah they uh pour oil on their bodies they like oil the boys up and then dump glitter on the oiled yeah, up chest like, of each boy I
0: forget what they call like magic dust or yeah. whatever and you're like is that just glitter, That's just glitter. Like, <laughs> and so then like they get up later and they're just walking just around and they're
1: so glittery yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. Uh, yeah. uh, there's like a scene that, and like it's it's a typical DeCato movie, especially these cheaper ones that he made, where like every scene goes on for way fucking too long. Way too long. It's not even an 80 minute movie. It's like 73 minutes long, and some shots are repeated like seven times. Mm-hmm. There are certain shots that are just recycled over and over again. There is a scene where like for way too long you're watching one of the boys shower, and then when you finally leave that scene. The next scene starts and it's just a different boy down at the pool and he immediately turns the hose on himself and starts showering himself with the hose. And that lasts, and
0: for for that lasts too long. And then that lasts for too long. Yep. It's like,
1: it is so wild. It, it is really just an excuse for these boys to like, wander around naked it's and so funny it's and there are, i'm not kidding there's like 25 of these movies yep. he's made so many of these movies just in like a, basically a decade's time
0: i'm like yeah i mean i'm so glad i experienced one i i don't know if i could watch all of these movies right, i, I guess we are we contractually would to obligated for... to watch the giant killer bees movie yes. but wow
1: We could pick some particular ones. It is interesting to me that this one is cougar cult, and so it actually does feature a bunch of women in addition to the men. They also
0: looked great.
1: They did. Oh, the women look incredible. Yeah. All three of them basically still look like they did when they were in Nightmare Sisters like 20 years before. Yeah,
0: Like, you were like, oh, they're still, like, really cute, and it's very true. Like, that, they were all just like, oh, they're still very adorable, and they still have kind of that. Like, it's it's very similar to Nightmare Sisters where, like, it's these nerdy girls that then get possessed by, like, a sex demon. Yeah. And so they're doing a sa- the similar thing of, like, trying to be really seductive for these boys. Right. And it feels exactly the same however yeah. many years later,
1: you yeah. know? They're very fun in it, I thought. And I thought the boys were really fun, actually. Uh, they were They funny. have a bunch of really funny shtick, like... There's a scene where one of them is really worried because he, he thinks he's discovered what's happening. Yeah. He's seen them turn into cougars. And he's trying to explain to one of the other boys, like, hey, they're turning into cougars. But that kid is just trying to eat his goddamn cereal. And he just keeps being like, dude, can I just eat my cereal, man? You're freaking out. Can I just have my cereal? He's like, oh, fine. I'm just going to eat my cereal outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is very funny. I, I just... I thought this was, this is like a one-star movie that is like wildly enjoyable.
0: Yeah. So much fun. Uh,
1: I had a great time watching this.
0: I'm glad we could report yeah. on a 1313 movie.
1: Yeah. But then it's like you look at the cover for all of the other 1313 movies mm-hmm. and they're just hunky boys. Yeah. This is like the only one that features women on it. It's
0: Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, she then is in a movie called Girls Gone Dead.
1: <laughs> okay. So she's really gotten into the pun part of her career here. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, a group of six ex-high school cheerleaders are stalked by a killer with a medieval war hammer and a battle axe during their first spring break from college.
1: Well, okay. Yep. Uh, wood watch.
0: Okay. Yeah, wood. Uh, she's then in Caesar and Otto's Deadly Christmas.
1: Okay. What, what Should I know who Caesar and Otto are?
0: Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Unclear.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, In 2014, she's in a movie called Virginia Obscura. A voyeur peeps through a pinhole into a snowbound farmhouse where a mass knife-wielding psychopath dishes out bloody revenge at a twisted family reunion. Just sounds pretty interesting. That was like so
1: many layers of story just in a one-sentence description.
0: This happens all the time where I'm like, (laughs) God, do I want to see this? I know. Uh, She's then in Demonica. Uh, which is a horror comedy about a group of kids in the '80s that get trapped in a skating rink overnight and are killed off by one by one hideous demon.
1: Okay, all right.
0: Uh, which sounds a little bit like Slime, slime Bowl-a-Rama. Ba- slime Bowl-a-Rama, Yeah, yeah. yeah Slime Ball bowl-a-rama. Slime Yeah, there's a lot of words in that. Yes, there are. Uh, and then she's in Trophy Heads again with Michelle Bauer and Brinky Stevens. Okay. Um, oh, oh, Stuart Gordon is also in this movie. Oh, in
1: the movie, interesting.
0: And it's directed by Charles
1: Band. Oh, of course. Okay, got it. So uh, it's it's this whole crew of people yes. that it, yeah yeah. This is
0: when we also talked about watching um, an obsessed fan and his mother kidnap former Scream queens and force them to reenact their famous film roles with deadly results. Okay,
1: that that is yeah, actually that is kind of interesting. Yep
0: uh oh we talked about this movie too yeah. uh she's in Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper uh which is another DeCoteau movie with Eric Roberts yep
1: I mean Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper who doesn't want to see it
0: uh man which yeah we talked about Eric Roberts career and I think he has like 600 credits yeah we would
1: need to do like an entire season of Killer Bees on him
0: I mean a lot of it I think is TV probably but oof, yeah that even uh, just thinking about doing the notes makes me exhausted
1: if anybody is interested in Eric Roberts, I don't know that we'll ever do an episode on him necessarily. And Mostly that's because a mutual friend of ours had a whole show where they just covered his whole career. That's funny. And eventually did get to talk to Eric Roberts himself. The show was called Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Um, <laughs> it's worth looking up. It's a really good podcast. I mean,
0: I want to watch those like stalked by My Doctor movies that he uh-huh. stars in. Uh, she's then in a movie called Disciples with Tony Todd. Oh, cool. Love that they got to work together. Yeah. Um, and then she's in a movie called Three Scream Queens, uh, directed by David DiCatto with Michelle Bauer and Brinky Stevens.
1: They just, this decade, they were just like, yeah. what are you doing this weekend? Want to make a movie?
0: Yep. And it's about like three Scream Queens uh, after the That's head of a motion picture studio invites them out to a very special screening in exchange for the possibility of a lead in an upcoming horror film. The woman slowly becomes suspicious, not only of their circumstances, but also of each other.
1: That's interesting. I would actually like to see the three of them go at it with each other. You know, they're always like a team. Yeah. It would be interesting to see them face off with one another. Seems like
0: a fun idea. Yeah. And then in 2016, she was in The Barn, which we also watched. And it was another movie where she also had a very small role. role. Uh, Although they reference her constantly throughout the movie because she's like this mean, like she runs like the church. And she hates Halloween and she hates the kid that like runs the haunted house and just like tries to give him shit constantly. And so she's got like a good little bit role. And it's funny to see her be this really uptight character. Yeah.
1: This was a movie where, like, it is a scrappy small movie Mm -hmm. where the people making it are clearly having a good time and really fucking going for it. Like, they're really trying to, like, like do a big, fun 80s Mm -hmm. horror throwback. And I think so like, some pretty good success.
0: Yeah, I think I get a little bored yes. towards the end of this movie. But I think I had a fun through most of it. Me like, too. I enjoyed the kids. Yep. I enjoyed the kills. Yep. I thought, like, the the graphics for the three, like, uh, evil guys Me were too. really fun. Yep. The pumpkin head one yes. looks great. Really cool He's looking. got these flames in his eyes yep. that every time he's on screen, I'm like, oh, this is the fucking best. Really
1: cool looking. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, I it, it maybe goes on a little too long, but they still, uh, it was one of those things where I was getting a little bored with it the longer it went on, but I was still kind of impressed with how much they were, they were swinging for the fences. Even yeah. though I was getting a little bored with what they were doing, they were like really going for it yeah. still. You know what I mean? I and, agree. and I appreciated that about it, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's a good like Halloween movie. Yeah. It's like definitely fits i think with some of these like i don't know uh i was i thought about like john dies at the end a little bit when we watched this and a couple of these other like horror films that are like somewhat newer and kind of have that like full cult following already Mm -hmm. uh so i was just like oh okay so like this is part of that like pantheon of these like newer horror directors and kind of that vibe that they have
1: yeah and i think there's like a part two of this coming out or something right believe so
0: yes um in twenty seventeen she's in a movie called Hooker with a hacksaw Which, that I attempted to watch one time and fucking hated. Oh, interesting. And turned it off like twenty minutes in. Wasn't she in like
1: what was it, chainsaw hookers or something? Like so like is this like a reference yeah. to that or something in some way?
0: I I don't know. We also talked about what's the one we watched, uh Hobo with a shotgun. Oh, like it yeah. feels it feels somewhat like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although like uh, very, very cheap, I remember. Gotcha. Uh, she's then in Bone Hill Road, uh, which is a werewolf movie.
1: Bone Hill Road. I kind of like that title. It's yeah. fun to say.
0: And then in 2019, uh, she's in What Would Linnea Do? <laughs> what? Uh, in the description is like it seems like it's written by the person that made it but it says in the year 2012 I met horror icon Linnea Quigley uh, while working on a film seven years and five projects later I wrote this film what would Linnea do to star Linnea Quigley um, and discuss the many poor decisions females are forced to make in horror films Uh, chock full of horror movie references such as I hear a noise what do I do horror scream queen uh, Linnea Quigley guides us through the all-too-familiar that dominate female actions in this, these films. Uh, she then shows us what she could slash should ha- have done.
1: Oh, that's kind of interesting. This yeah. almost feels like an interesting follow-up to the horror workout video in some way.
0: Yeah, I feel like this is, I mean, I feel like we've gotten like a little bit of sense of like how she feels, and it seems like, you know, she was happy when she didn't have to do nudity, yeah. but she was also, like, prepared to do it yeah. in a lot of the films that she did. Yeah. But, like, I would love to hear, I guess, more of, like, the nuances of that uh, yeah. and how that all feels. So I am very interested in seeing this. Well, and
1: especially 2019, so it's, like, a fairly recent movie. So yeah. that's, like, her, you know, with years more perspective on her career yes. and, and what that stuff might have meant, Yeah. You
0: know? Um, she is then in a movie called Clownado. Uh, where yeah, she... which is
1: a title I've seen a million times. This has got to be a sci-fi original or something, yeah. right? Uh,
0: she plays a character named Spider.
1: Which is her character name in Sorority Babes, right? Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, cursed demonic circus clowns are s- set out on a vengeful massacre using tornadoes a stripper, Elvis impersonator, truck driver, teen runaway, and dude get caught in the supernatural battle between Femme Fatale and the boss clown from hell. What
1: the fuck? That's another one of those descriptions. I'm like, what are you talking about? So
0: much shit. I mean, like, it's funny, too, because it's, like, also seems to be, like, a Sharknado kind of ripoff. And uh, I've seen, like, the first two of those. And they're dumb, but they're fun. And it's... I am fascinated with what Clownado could be. Uh-huh. Uh, she's then in a movie called Lake Fear Two: The Swamp. Okay. Which I'm like, lakes and swamps are different things. They're totally different things. What the fuck? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, Lake Fear. All right. Okay.
0: Lake Fear Two: The Swamp. Yeah. Could not get over that. Um, and then we get to her roles in the two th- 2020s, which yeah. is still a lot of things.
1: Yeah, a so surprisingly long list.
0: Um, in 2020, she's in a movie called uh, Death Drop Gorgeous. That is a
1: confusing title. I have it to is say. a confusing
0: title. I've also seen the poster for this a lot. Um, a dejected bartender and an aging drag queen try to survive the eccentric and hostile nightlife of a corrupt city. A masked maniac slaughters young gay men and drains them of blood.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Yes. Uh, okay. So seems seems kind of interesting. Well, that's
1: also, um, I mean, that's not like the exact same plot, but that is kind of similar to Cruising, right? Like Cruising yeah. has a somewhat similar plot. I
0: also watched like uh, at the for the Salem Horror Fest this year. I watched a movie, and I'm blanking on the title right now, but it's it's kind of like about like queer vampires oh. and like the LGBTQ community yeah. and. Uh, like drag queens and it was like pretty fun. And yeah. so it's like, it's kind of this interesting, like I like seeing all this like queer horror happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I think that's like one of the reasons I've seen this poster a lot, probably. Mm-hmm uh the she's then in the good things devils do again Uh, with kane hoder
1: oh okay cool
0: and then the lax the last thanksgiving uh a family of cannibalistic pilgrims attack a restaurant that stays open for thanksgiving (laughs) what it's a great premise sure uh and then she's in this movie in 2021 called buzz cut which i would love to see yeah we
1: tried to find this but it's not really available anywhere yet
0: um, so a group encounters a killer beekeeper in a crazy Kiwi horror comedy that is part Animal House and part 80s slasher.
1: We got it. It's about a, about a killer beekeeper. Killer He's
0: beekeeper, got, guys. Got to have it
1: for this show. Uh, if anybody knows how to find Buzzcut, let us know.
0: Would love it. Yeah. Uh, then she's in New York Ninja, which uh, Technic- has... Technically
1: yeah. a movie like from the 80s, I think. This is like a movie that was like rescued by... Yes. Vinegar Syndrome?
0: I believe this is a Vinegar Syndrome release. And yeah. it's like they
1: basically found this movie that had been lost to time and maybe was never even completed in its time and sort of yes. edited it so that it is quote unquote finished. believe um, that's the case. Yeah, and so it technically has a release date for this year because it was technically not released prior to yeah. this year.
0: And it's like, you know, uh, after his pregnant wife is murdered, a sound technician becomes a vigilante ninja in New York City. (laughs) It's like, yeah, sure.
1: I've heard this is wild fun.
0: Yeah, I I bet. I would like to see it. Um, She's then in Killer Babes and the Frightening Film Fiasco. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is another one that uh, had a great poster, and I kind of want to see just based on that. Uh, a A wild party becomes an act of survival as a group of savage females ensue a brutal killing spree in the shocking film frenzy. Okay,
1: yeah, sounds great.
0: Um, And then, uh, yeah, the rest of the stuff is like films that are yet to be released. Um, So The Barn Part 2, which Uh is in post-production, she'll be in. Um, And it has uh, Joe Bob and his partner, Diane, uh, and as well as Douglas Bradley, who plays uh, Pinhead. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, She's also in a movie called Confederate Zombie that's in post-production. All right. Um a movie called The Witches of the Sand, which is currently filming with uh Brinky Stevens and Lynn Lowry. So go. seems like another like uh, you know, let's have all these like old horror babes be in this movie. Yep, yep. Uh and then um oh, so Rorty Babes and the Slime Bowl Rama 2, uh with Michelle Bauer and Brinkie Stevens. So and they're I all coming back.
1: I'm looking this up right now because I want to double check on it. Yes. Uh, This is being directed by both, I believe, David Dicoteau and Brinkie Stevens. Which is awesome. Yeah, really cool that she's going to get a director credit on it. Yeah. By the way, the tagline is, the imp is back.
0: Yep. I'm so fascinated in what the imp is going to look like in, what, 2022, maybe, let's say? She was then in... a. The movie theater massacre, which is also filming. Um, in 2022, she's gonna be in a film called Jasper, which is in pre-production, that has Bill Mosley and Kane Hodder. Yeah. Um, also in pre-production, once upon a time in Hollyweird.
1: Sure. Yep.
0: And then a movie called Blood Wings. You got it. Yep. So she's still working her fucking ass off, which is wild to me. Yeah. Um, So some other like information and notes I have here. Um, she was in a few music videos. Uh, she was in a Ramones musical video for substitute as well as a motorhead sacrifice music video, which is very funny to me.
1: Makes sense. I could see her being a music video, babe, too.
0: Yeah. Um, in 2001, she moved to Florida to be closer to her ailing parents. Um, she resides in, uh, she resides there with her dogs. Um, And she's become a devoted animal rights activist, uh, which I thought was cool. And she's also leads a strict vegan lifestyle, apparently. Um... She's someone who appears at a lot of horror conventions and is like usually a fan favorite. I know we talked about how she was recently at uh, the Mahoning Drive-In doing some stuff. I would love to meet her. Um, She's written two books about her life in the B-movie industry, uh, Bio and Chainsaw in 1992, and I'm Screaming as Fast as I Can in 1995, uh, (laughs) which I would love to see. Uh, I would love to read. Um, Yeah, it's got a pretty fun... uh, cover for the book too. So I would really love to check some of this out. Um she contributes to PETA campaigns, at least she has in the past. Um she was once in an all-girl band called The Skirts, which I love. Uh she would also be great as uh in a band, I think. Yeah. Um she also in the nineties apparently wanted to become a LA police officer and took the she passed the written test but decided decided she was going to continue acting instead okay um she was also interviewed in the book invasion of the b girls by jewel shepherd uh which i did not know about and now need to read probably
1: gotta need that obviously
0: yep uh, she auditioned for a supporting role in Reservoir Dogs in 1992 um, at director Quentin Tarantino's behest. Um, the part she was to play was later removed from the script. That's
1: interesting. That also seems like the kind of thing that Tarantino, would you know, he loves like plucking these very specific yeah. people out of obscurity.
0: And I think like I saw, yeah, like uh, she had a small role in American Gigolo and then that was cut from the script. Um, she was considered for the role of Tamara in Friday the 13th part of, 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, oh. um, as well as a role in April Fool's Day. So there's a lot of things yeah, yeah. like she could have shown up in, which I think would have been interesting too. Um, She uh, had this quote I found that says, you have more say on low budget films. You don't have a million people telling you what to do, which I think. Uh, totally
1: makes sense to me that that would be like her ethos. About yeah,
0: it. which I kind of dig. Um, yeah. And then she's also uh was... Credit is the composer for Screaming in High Heels, The Rise and Fall of the Scream That's Queen Era, uh, which is a thing that I also need to see, obviously.
1: Yeah. Boy, this was a delight, like, discovering her career. I, especially discovering that we had two episodes worth of material to talk about this woman. Yeah, I Because I went into it being like, I just know her as the girl with the weird cyclone boob from, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, what is it called now?
0: Oh, um, Night of the Demons? Night of the
1: Demons, you know, it's like...
0: I was like, what's a cyclone boot? Ah, you know, she
1: draws the weird <laughs> twisty yep. thing on her boot. I gotcha. Yeah. It's like...
0: She draws an Uzumaki. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, yeah. She draws a spiral. Yep. Um,
0: yeah, well, yeah and, cause... and so
1: it's like, that's like basically what I know her from. Yeah. And kind of knowing that, like, the rest of her career was just repeats of that, mm-hmm. I was like, what? I, I don't know, I just, I, I wasn't yeah. sure I was even, like, that interested, and then she has this wildly fascinating career that is like every movie is so bad, but so entertaining. And she is like such a strong presence in these, even when she's like small roles, she's kind of what you remember about the movie. Yeah.
0: She's really, yeah. She's just really a great screen presence. I love seeing her in things. And like, I mean, that's, you know, I think her role in night of the demons is one of the reason I love that movie so much. I think if there weren't these, like her and Angela are like such memorable characters. And I think if, you know, they were not as good in that movie. I probably would have been like, oh yeah, that was like a fun thing and like tossed it aside. But like, that's a movie I watch like sometimes like once a year, at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we have
1: a steel, a steel box of that. Don't yeah. we? I have yeah. a little
0: Angela doll yeah. that it came with and a poster. Yeah. I'm very happy about it. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they even made like Linnea's character and the, the pig face guy too. Oh, sure. yep. Um, so I've been like, should I buy those too? Uh-huh. <laughs> probably. Uh, probably. Um, But yeah, she's she's just so much fun, and it's crazy to me how much she's like consistently worked too. Because we've talked about a lot of people whose like careers have kind of like had like an ebb and flow, or it's like yeah, or like you know we haven't talked about her yet, but like Crampton just stopped acting for years until she was in Your Next in the two thousands, and now she's in like at least like two or three things a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think it's really fascinating that Linnea has had such a consistent career overall.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, never stopped. I mean, that's yeah. how we ended up with two episodes worth of material. She's yeah. never stopped working. That's
0: pretty- yeah, and there's stuff, like, that I cut just for time. Right. So there's, yeah. like, still so many other. And most people that we've covered have a fair amount of TV credits and short credits. And she has some of that. Yeah. But it was mostly movies mostly that she movies. did. Yeah, it's, it's mostly
1: movies she made in A Weekend with David DeCoteau. Yeah.
0: <laughs> At a crazy house. Yeah.
1: yeah. Boy, that house was fucking weird. Yep. There are so many weird details about that house in that movie. And it does make me want to watch at least one more of those 1313 movies to confirm that like, yeah, they all take place in that weird fucking house.
0: Yes. I, yeah. I'm fascinated. Cause there was also just so many distracting set pieces in the house, yes. which I assume is just his decorations Right, where I was like, there's like, I don't know, like, a weird tree branch with, like, high heels. I was like, what's happening? There's that
1: car that's, like, cut into, like, four oh, yeah. different pieces. And, like, one of them's hanging on a wall, but then another piece is just, like, being used as, like, an end table.
0: There was, like, a framed pizza poster that looked like it was from a Pizza Place in New Jersey. Yeah,
1: like a New Jersey pizza place with its phone number framed in a bedroom.
0: I, yeah, I was fascinated. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, just, like, distracted me from all the hunky boys walking <laughs> yeah. around in their white briefs. Exactly. <laughs> um and then yeah super quick uh so i had birth movies death uh as a source um no had an interview with her that was really interesting as well as uh, pop up um, so those are all pretty cool to check out if you want to um, read some more uh from quigley
1: yeah um. Anything else uh, you want to do? We just got to plug some things to get out of here.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Um, You okay. can find me on things. I'm Tori Potenza. Uh, I, you know, write things pretty consistently for Movie John, so you can check that out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at Filmadelphia. That's with an F. Um, I'm on Twitter on that as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, MovieJohn.com. J-A-W-N. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Buzz, buzz. Buzz.